good to have you at South Point. We're one church in two locations, and our mission is to win Downriver to Christ. And if it's your first time, really glad that you decided to drop in. We hope it's the first of many times you'll be with us. And if you're watching online, welcome to you. We'd love to have you come and, and be with us in person sometime soon. We're in this series. In fact, it's the last week of this legacy series, which we believe not only has the potential to change your life, but to change your family and future generations to come. Because it's the idea that we know you want to leave your family, your friends, really your grandkids, anybody that you come into contact with, you want to leave them better off because they have known you. That's called a legacy. But you may be trying hard to do that and it's not working out like you had hoped or expected. And we want to show you how to do that, how to leave a better legacy. And so it got me thinking how my wife and I in more recent times had been cleaning out our house a little bit more, especially our basement, just clearing out a bunch of stuff, minimalizing. And what triggered that for us was her parents having to go into assisted living, which meant we had to sell their home, which meant we had to get it all cleaned up, ready for sale. And we didn't realize what a big chore that was going to be because let's just say for decades they had been collecting memorabilia in their home that... Uh, was not really worth anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they thought that one day all that stuff was going to be worth something. It was going to be valuable. They could pass it on to us. A lot of books and uh, old records and cassette tapes and uh, outdated gadgets and knickknacks and beanie babies and all this stuff that, you know, we were going to inherit. But turns out nobody really wants. So we ended up having to just give a bunch of it away or throw it away because it was practically worthless. And we thought, we don't want to do that for our kids. We don't want our two sons and their families have to go through our memorabilia one day that we have collected and, and just throw it out. All these sentimental things that we've been holding on to for decades. I mean, our own school papers and trophies and T-shirts and cups and glasses we had collected that, what are we going to do with them? Our kids don't want any of that stuff. So we don't want them to have to sort through our stuff. We want to give them better so we, we've gotten rid of it. We want to pass on something to them that will be lasting, that will really be significant and mean something. And so the first three weeks have been about how you as a dad or a mom or as a husband, wife, grandparent, friend, can recognize where you are right now. Because if you want to leave them a legacy, then you've got to help them get to where they need to go. You want them to become who you want them to become, really who God wants them to become. Because you're not always going to be there with them and for them. So how can you get them to where they need to go? Well, first you've got to start with the end in mind. What is the real destination? And then along the way, you've got to know the win. And the win is to win their heart, not to win every argument. But to, to focus them on the true hero, Jesus. And along the way as well, that you make this all personal. Because they need to see you living it out first in your life. Because you don't want to end up at that destination alone and nobody went with you on that journey. So if you, if you want to go back and hear any of those, you can download the podcast. You can watch them online. But the, the, what we want to help you with today is, is make sure that you are going to be um, establishing some milestones in their lives. Uh, the, 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 these things along the way that will help them to get to where they're going. Because you're not going to be there for them all the time. You want to be able to have them live their lives on their own. And the time is going quick, which is why we have one more reminder of how quickly the time is going.
Remember in week one when she drew that picture on the wall, right? So four weeks, we've seen her grow up. The time goes really quickly, and it reminded me that in my house, I've got one of those empty bedrooms myself. My older son moved out years ago, got married off on his own. My, my younger son, he's almost there, and we're realizing, you know, all these years we've been waiting, okay, I can't wait till we get the house all to ourselves again. And like, I'm not so sure that's, we're going to miss that, you know? It goes by so quickly. Remember these cinnamon fireballs? 936 of them. These represent how many weeks... You've got with your child from birth until high school graduation, and they, they fly away. And I thought to illustrate that, I'd just start throwing these out at you. you know, but I don't want to get, I don't want to bop anybody in the head. So I'm not sure what we're doing with these when they're done, but they're going to be gone. And before you know it, your, your children will be out on their own without you around to guide them. So you've got to make the most of those weeks you've got right now. But do you know where they're headed? Are you heading, sending them off in the right direction? You ever get lost? I never do. I mean, I, Siri has gotten me lost a few times, but I've never gotten lost. I'm a real man. I don't admit when I, when I do that, but I'm going to see how lost you may get. Just right now, I'm going to have you point in one direction that I, that I say, north, south, east, west. I'm just going to pick one, and without looking around at everybody else, I'm just going to have you just, this is, here's the direction. You ready? Here we go. Everybody, point to east. Yes, that way. <laughs> you say, well, that's not fair. I can't see the sun in the sky. To Folks, this is Michigan. You rarely get to see the sun in the sky, so get used to it. So in, in, when people ask you for direction, maybe you're not able to point them in the right place, but you can say, well, you just go down to the corner. You go over there to the stop sign. You go up to the, the store there, and that's how we get people around. Well, however it is, we need something to help us find our way along the path, right? If maybe you're out hiking you need some tree markings, or if you're driving along, you need some street signs. You need some markers. That's what we're talking about, putting milestones in your life, giving your family and friends these markers to, to make sure they're heading down the right path to, 
to connect the, the principles with the actions, to connect the reasons with the life skills, to connect the knowledge with the application of it. And so our big idea is to create rhythms that guide future generations. You got to create some rhythms to help get them to where they need to go. If you establish those in their life, these future generations are going to know the way because you have gone before them. You have, you have led them to the, to, to the great hero, Jesus, the one who is always going to be there with them and for them. So I want to direct you how Jesus did this for us. He established this rhythm in our life. And this one example where um, the, the Jewish nation, the Israelites, would have this rhythm of having a festival every year called Passover, right? And Jesus gathers his disciples together in an upper room to celebrate uh, and to remember what God had done for them, because that was the meaning of this, kind of like Thanksgiving, right? At least the way Thanksgiving was intended to be. You get the family together for a big meal, and you remember what God had done for you. You're grateful for the past year of blessings. Well, that's what's going on here with the Passover meal. But you know how traditions go. They start off really powerful and strong, but eventually over time, they kind of lose their impact and significance and just become another calendar event. It's like Thanksgiving. I feel like it's not even really a thing anymore. It's just become this meal to get through so we can get to the game or get to the stores, right? It's lost so much of its original significance. So I want you to listen to what Jesus does with this rhythm of Passover and how he infuses it with a new meaning. Luke 22, 15, 16, he says to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now understand, he's just moments away from being arrested and put on trial, crucified. But what's on his mind? He eagerly wants to eat this meal with his disciples so he can give it a new meaning. In Passover, you would have bread, you would have cups of wine, and they all had special significance to help them remember what God had done for them. So after drinking the cup and, and having the bread, this is what Jesus says in Luke 20, 19. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He takes that bread that was supposed to have reminded them of what God did in freeing them from Egyptian slavery, and he gave it a completely new meaning. For us, we kind of take that for granted. Week after week, we just kind of go through it, and it, it can become kind of commonplace, and we don't think much about it. But that was a very revolutionary, controversial thing to take this traditional annual Jewish celebration and say, okay, from now on, you think about me when you eat this meal. I mean, that's a pretty radical thing to say. But it became a real mile marker, a milestone that we now have in not only an annual rhythm, but a weekly rhythm. We share in the communion every week now, this Last Supper. In the Old Testament, Moses did the same thing for the entire nation of Israel. He's trying to prepare them for the time when he would no longer be with them. He, he gave them something to pass on to future generations. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, and you know around here, we go through this at least twice a year. As we do the parent-child dedication, we read this passage where he says, These commandments that I give you today, parents, that's to, to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and gates. A little history reminder here. The Israelites didn't have houses yet. They're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, living in tents. They didn't have door frames to post these things on. But the point was, Moses 
and Jesus are doing the same kind of thing here. They're giving something that's going to be passed down from generation to generation. Things that are in the normal daily routine of life are going to carry a new significance. Moses sets this strategy in motion that's very primary and very transferable. First, he says it's the responsibility of the parents to pass this on, right? Because every child in every culture, in every generation is born into a family. And it's that family's responsibility to pass on what is good and right and true, God's word, God's values and principles to them. That's where kids first learn this, is in the home. And then secondly, life is full of natural rhythms. Isn't that true every day? You, you, it's kind of a very repetitive thing. You get up and you uh, shower and you brush your teeth and you eat a meal and then you go to work or go to school. You come home, you eat. Later on, you eat again. You go to bed day after day after day, right? You've just got this natural rhythm built in. And the point here is why not use those rhythms you already have and infuse them with new significance. Use them to pass on these things from God. Point your kids in the right direction in an everyday natural kind of way. I think one of the worst things that maybe has happened to families is the fact that we make sure that our kids are getting trained up by somebody else. We pass our kids off to the experts and professionals all the time. We're thankful that they people are able to help our kids learn things, but it begins at home with us. I mean, even has to do with their spiritual life. I mean, maybe you're here right now, you're saying, yes, we're in church, I brought my kids, they're here so they can learn about God. Great, but it's got to start at home with you. The responsibility is first yours, and that's why we have church every week. Kids need the rhythm of church every week, and you never outgrow that, because having this as a natural rhythm in our life reminds us every week that there's something bigger than me, that my life isn't all about me, that my life revolves around God. He's first. He's priority. And that we're part of a community that are supposed to represent God on this earth and to our community, you know, and we're here to encourage one another and serve one another. So we all need the rhythm of church life, but it's got to start in the home. It doesn't take the responsibility off the family. So Moses highlights the fact that you've already got built in a daily routine of you get up, you sit down, you walk along the road, you lie down at night. All right, well, let's use that for God. So I'm going to put up on the screen here an image. You can take a photo of that if you want, or later on I'm going to give you a number that you can text and get that image sent to you. But let's talk about these different times of the day. First, he says there are times when you sit down. When is that? Well, that's mealtime, right? You all ideally are sitting down together as a family to share a meal. You say, well, we really don't do that a whole lot. Everybody's busy, got their own schedules. But you, you're eating, right? You've already got a meal. Why not be more intentional about using that to learn, to grow, that you could act as a teacher during that mealtime to impress a truth on your family in a very interactive and relational way. And so maybe mealtime is the time where you say, you know what, let's turn down the noise, let's, let's put away the gadgets, and let's actually talk about our day, the highs and the lows, learn about each other, support each other. This isn't a time for lecturing or scolding. This is a time for, for being there to, to help each other, whatever we're, we're dealing with. What about the times when you're walking along the road? Well, you probably don't walk a whole lot, but you do drive. What about that drive time? What an awesome time to be able to 
pour into your kids because they're a captive audience. Where are they going to go? They got to be there in the car with you, right? And so what, what they'll tend to do these days is they'll put in the earbuds and they'll close you out, right? Pretend like they can't hear you. <laughs> they can. Um, but then, you know, the music is playing the whole time. Well, maybe it's the time to take the earbuds out and, and talk, learn about each other. I mean, every school day, I would drive both of my sons to school and we use that time to talk. Now, truth be known, I did turn on music. I wanted them to listen to good music so they could grow up with good musical taste. <laughs> didn't, didn't take too well, unfortunately. But we did get a talk some during those times. Maybe not listen to music together, but listen to a podcast together to learn something together. Or even better, to go through that Right Now Media stuff that we provide where you can learn you know, from God's Word about how to deal with stuff that they're dealing with. You say, well, this could never happen in my family. Oh, yeah, it could. It could if you, if you care about it enough, if you prioritize it. It could become part of your routine. What about those times when you lie down at night? Bedtime is another awesome opportunity to spend with your kids and pour into them in some way. You know, in, in my household, every night with both of my sons, we would always read a book before bedtime. You know, and... and because I believe reading is so important for learning and growing. So always reading a book to them when they were young. But are you like me where you get late at night and you start reading a book and by the time you're into it, you start falling asleep and now words are coming out of your mouth. You have no idea what you're saying. All these sentences, I have no idea what I taught them sometimes. It could have been really weird stuff because they had to keep waking me up over and over. I was so glad for we got to the point where they were able to read the books to me. But we always read a book and we always read the Bible together. We always read their illustrated children's Bible and we prayed together. And that would open them up and they begin to ask all these great theological questions which I love of course my wife said well they're just playing you man they're just trying to stay up later by doing that but that's okay because they were they were still learning some great stuff there's just something about your kids bedroom that opens up more intimate conversations and I think we miss a great opportunity when we constantly send our kids to bed send them instead of take them to bed right it's like you've seen your kids get mad and they run to the room and they slam the door on you why because they're trying to close you out so it's up to you. You've got to keep that door open to your kid's heart. Bedtime's a great time to do that. And so there's some great questions you can ask during these times. You say, was there anything that made you mad today? Is there anything that you're scared or nervous about? Is there anything that you want to tell me? And then it's just another time where it's great to tell them some things like, I love you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, God... I know God has plans for your life, and Jesus loves you. And you say, well, they already know that stuff. No, they need to hear that over and over and over. That needs to be reinforced in their lives. And, and try to give specifics. You know, call out times that they made you proud. What did they do that was obedient, that was loving? Times they were courageous in their faith. You say, well, my kids aren't six years old anymore. I can't do that. No, it's okay. It doesn't matter how old they get. You can still do this. I will tell you, the younger they are, the easier it is to keep doing when they're older. But it's never too late. It doesn't have to be in their bedroom at night. But sometime when you interact with your, with your children, eh, put some practices into place to connect with them and connect them to God. How about when you get up in the morning? Okay, morning time is another great time to set the tone for the day. Because when, whatever you say in the morning, I think, can plant some emotional seeds that are later going to 
going to bloom and blossom in their lives. You don't even realize at the time how you're setting the tone for the entire day. But think about when you get up, and it doesn't mean you have to sit around the table and eat breakfast together. Maybe that doesn't work in your, your family, but you know, interact in some way. Just think about the words that come out of your mouth in the morning. Is it, is it, are they loving words? Are they encouraging words? Or is it like, oh, get out of my face, you know, I haven't had my coffee yet. A lot of negativity in the morning. You've just set the tone for the entire day that way. And so one of, one of the rhythms in my house is, is you know, typically if I send my, my sons off somewhere, even to this day, when my, my, when my son goes off to work, I say, love you, see you, have a good day, be blessed in all you do and say. Yeah, dad, okay, fine. But it's, it's there. <laughs> and sometimes I hear it come out of his mouth too. Or I'll say this, I'll say, represent. And what that's code for is, you're an ambassador for the Lord, don't forget that. Represent. What kind of routines do you have in the morning? See, whatever it is, you're the one creating the rhythm. And some of you are thinking, well, I, we don't have any rhythms. Or, I, you know, it's, again, it's just crazy in our household. We can't do this. But listen, you are creating rhythms whether you realize it or not by what you're doing and not doing, by what you're spending time on and what you're not spending time on. You are creating rhythms. Are you being intentional about creating good ones, milestones that are going to get them to where they need to go. Create rhythms that guide future generations because you only got 936 weeks from birth to high school graduation. Make the most of them before they're gone. So whether it's at meal time or car time or bedtime, set these reminders for future generations. And you know, holidays are another good time. It's already built into our calendars. And Christmas, of course, is an annual time where everybody's thoughts are turned to God, to Jesus in some way. I mean, even in this culture today, it's still a part of it. And that's why, you know, holidays really start out as holy days, to get us out of the daily routine and make us think about something besides ourselves. It helps us to connect with God. Even in a culture that's largely forgotten about God, they still have to come face to face with Jesus during Christmas time. So here at our church, what we do is we want to make sure every South Point family, we do this every year, has a meal, has gifts for their children up through high school. And so if, if you're a family in need, we want to be family to you and, and provide for you. So if you've been here at least six months as an attender, go out to the table in the lobby at the Christmas tree, fill out a registration form. We want to bless you in some way. We're also blessing kids who are in foster care through Bethany Christian Services, waiting for permanent homes. If you can give, go out to that table as well, uh, or, or you know, go, on, go online, and there's a list of things that you can donate. Maybe your family or your group will sponsor, adopt a whole family, and take care of all their gifts. It's just another way to help get your family to think about something more important than just what's on my Christmas list. You know, get your kids thinking about more than my gifts and what's in it for me. It gets them thinking about God and what can I do for others. Great opportunity. Don't let it go by. Because I'm telling you, this is an uphill battle. Isn't it? I mean, life is like an escalator. It's like a down escalator, which as a kid is really fun to play on, trying running up the, have you ever done that? Run up the escalator to try and get, I don't do that anymore. It's a little too tough on my knees at this point, but it's a, it's a challenge to get to the top of the down escalator. Because what's going to happen to you if you just stand there? You're going to go down. That's the natural pull of things is going down. And that's what the culture does to us. It's to have the kind of family that, that you know God wants you to have is an uphill struggle. It's a challenge. And if you just stand there 
the world's going to keep pulling you down. You just think that if we're living under the same roof, it's all just going to happen. We're going to love each other and figure this out and work it out, and this legacy is just going to happen. No, it's not. Because the momentum will always take you down. What are you doing to, to get to the top? Good news is, even though culture is doing everything it can to bring you down and making you think that you, it's a losing battle because there's all the, the technology and the social media and the entertainment industry and you know, the schools and everything is working against you in some way or another, the good news is stats and research show that you as parents, you are the most important influence on your children's lives. That doesn't change. Grandparents too. You have more influence on your kids than you can ever realize, for better or for worse. Make the most of that. I want to show you a clip, give you a little bit of motivation to see the difference you can make in somebody's life, whether it's your child, grandchild, your niece, your nephew, your cousin, your friend, your coworker, whoever it is, you can be the one person to make a difference in somebody's life. And if, if you watch America's Got Talent, then you saw the Detroit Children's Choir. Let this motivate you. Yes. Let's hope. Let's start with Howie, yes or no? person too in somebody's life that changes the course of their life forever you really can you have the ability to make an incredible impact and it's worth the cost it's worth the effort whatever it takes to help people get to where they need to go so go on our website bookmark the messages from the past three weeks but more importantly even download these um, legacy builder guides I'll give you the number again to text and you're gonna get all kinds of questions to ask and practical tips and help it's 734-890-5454 you're gonna get all that stuff plus that image that you saw earlier that family time image to remind you to use those times for God because if you're gonna get people to where they need to go you gotta point them in the right direction you gotta win their heart you gotta make it personal so that they can live out a personal lifestyle for the next generation to follow them but it all begins with you so let's pray about that right now God uh, I, I pray that you would just give us the conviction to be different to be so counter cultural and this is a counterintuitive thing that we got to fight this uphill battle to leave a legacy that lasts Lord but we know we've got a hero we've got a savior we've got a Lord that is going to be there with us and for us all the way to live this out but Father, I know that there are some families right now who are, are probably off track with you. They're off course, and they need to do some course correction right now. I pray that you lead them back to you. And God, other families right now, maybe even beyond that, they think it's too late. It's all over for them. That There's nothing more they can do, Lord. You are greater than any problem we have. You are the, you are the hero that can change our lives, change our homes, Lord. Give them hope to keep believing, to keep fighting for what matters. God, give them courage to step out and get whatever kind of help they can, to get in a group, whatever is needed, Lord. And I'm praying all that in Jesus' name. Amen. And listen, I want you to know that <laughs> we're not promised to tomorrow. You may not have another week. I don't know. There's an expiration date on the milk jug of your life. You do not have... The promise of a tomorrow. You have a short shelf life on this earth. Are you making the most of it? Do you know where you're going? 
the gospel is the good news that God can change your life forever. I mean, I want you to know this, not only for yourself very clearly, but I want you to be able to pass this on personally to your children, to your grandkids, these four facts of life. That number one, God loves you. He made you for a reason. He's got a plan for your life. He wants a relationship with you. But number two, your sin separates you from God. Your choices, your disobedience has caused that rift. But number three, Jesus came to restore us to God. He offers a right relationship with God through the gospel, the good news that he died for your sins to forgive you. He rose from the dead to give you life and you must receive Jesus through faith exhibited in repentance and baptism because that's that change of life of saying I want to I go God's direction now and baptism is a powerful occasion for receiving the promises of God that, that you're being buried with Christ you die to yourself in your sin you bury your past and, and all that is gone left behind and you rise up a new person forgiven, washed clean filled with God's spirit to help you follow him from now on. And you know where you're going. You know you're headed for heaven. You can have that assurance today. If you don't, come meet with one of my friends down here. As we're singing this next song, they'll stick around after the service too. If you're watching online, contact us. Email us, message us, call us, whatever. Come in any day of the week. Start this new journey with God. If... if not sure where you stand with him, you can be sure today. And then next week, I want you to come back again. Uh, it's going to be a holiday weekend, another one of those holidays, rhythm, and this is a time to remind us of how grateful we should be. And so Mark and I are going to have this conversation on the forgotten virtue of gratitude, and the kids are going to hear it, and they probably need to hear that, but may, uh, probably we all do, don't we? And then, and then we begin our next series, True Christmas, and it's going to be a great one to invite friends to. Again, the rhythm is that people are more open to a church invitation this time of year than any other. Don't let it go to waste. Make the most of it. Be praying for people you need to invite. Be praying that we pack this place out with them. Be praying for me during this holiday season. We're going to be singing a song now called Do It Again, and what this is a reminder of is that whatever you're going through, God's already dealt with it. Your family may be in the deepest hole it's ever been in, and you don't think there's any way out. No, come on. God's been there. He's done that. He can do it again for you. You may be full of shame and guilt and regret, but God's already dealt with that in other people's lives. He can do it again for you if you'll let him. So we're going to stand together and sing. And don't let this moment go to waste. Use it to, to get things right with God.